Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. Last week, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announced she will not seek a second term. For close observers of City Hall, it was a reminder of how quickly political fortunes there can rise and fall, especially when you consider that not even a year ago, Bottoms was seen as a possible running mate for President Joe Biden. Uh, In the same way that it was very clear to me almost five years ago that I should run for mayor of Atlanta, it is abundantly clear to me today that it is time to pass the baton on to someone else. Bottoms' first and now only term has been fraught. Not long after she took office, a cyber attack crippled the city. Then came the pandemic. The crisis also provided a tense backdrop to weeks of social justice protests roiling the city, including after the Atlanta Police Department's killing of Rayshard Brooks. Most recently, Bottoms has faced harsh criticism over her handling of the city's ongoing spike in crime. Joining me to discuss what led to Atlanta Mayor Bottoms' decision to bow out after one term and what we could see in the coming election year for the city is Bill Torpy. He's a longtime columnist from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So, Bill, Keisha Lance Bottoms' announcement felt like a shock to a lot of us because Bowing out gracefully is not something most politicians do. What went through your mind when you heard the news that she was not going to seek a second term? I was surprised, but not surprised. Obviously, she is a first-term mayor. You, you expect them to run for the second term. It's what they do. She had a fundraiser and raised a bunch of money. I think it was a half a million dollars. But it, it always seemed reticent almost. Uh, And then last week she had a press conference after the killing of the 15-year-old girl in a crossfire in a shooting. We are here again on the heels of another child in our city being shot and killed. Despite the fact that APD has removed 2,000 guns from our streets and arrested more than 700 violent offenders, is still not enough. I am so sad to say that this likely will not be the last time I stand here. It just seemed that she was frustrated, almost lost. Well, Bill, let's talk a little bit about how we got here, because it's been like 100 years, and I think it was Maynard Jackson. He was the only mayor to not seek another term when he was allowed to. And Mayor Bottoms herself seemed poised to, if maybe not win in a landslide, she was at least well-positioned to take on any challengers. So, I mean, to understand the ending, you gotta, you got to go to the beginning. Four years ago, most Atlantans didn't really know much about Keisha Lance Bottoms. Yeah, she was a sitting council member. Yes, she'd served as a magistrate judge, but she still didn't have a ton of citywide name recognition. What set her apart from the rest of the contenders? How did she emerge from that pack? Two words, Kasim Reed. All right, incumbent Mayor Atlanta, Kasim Reed, has endorsed someone in the race, City Councilwoman Keisha Lance Bottoms. And I want folks to know that I'm going to do everything I can between now and November 7th and December 5th to see that Keisha Lance Bottoms becomes my successor, that a woman becomes the 60th mayor of the city of Atlanta. 
There was a dozen people running and there was maybe six of them per se that were legitimate contenders. You know, Mary Norwood, who lost in 2009, Caesar Mitchell, who was the city council president uh, for a long time. Kasim Reed then went and uh, pushed uh, hard for uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Bottoms released an ad yesterday featuring Reed, who is promising to make stops at 40 barbershops and the other shops and beauty salons over the weekend as early voting for the November 7th election begins on Monday. He got people that would give money. A lot of them uh, have airport contracts like a full year before the race. That is a good thing, obviously. Keisha's stock just kept rising. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise to your feet as I present... Keisha Lance Bottoms, my successor, the 60th mayor of the city of Atlanta. Well, good evening, everybody. This doesn't even feel real to me. And this is just a reminder of how God dreams dreams so much bigger than we can ever dream for ourselves. She came into office, you know, there was a a significant contingent within the city that really took her as their own, you know. We have a mayor named Keisha. We heard that a lot. One of the things that stuck out to me was how she appeared to be the exact opposite of Kasim Reed in so many ways. Kasim Reed, her predecessor who was term limited, he couldn't run again, he had this well-earned reputation as an autocrat, as a bully. What was it about her style so different from her predecessors? that had so much appeal. It did have a lot of appeal. And I think that she kind of seemed like a fresh face, a kinder person. Although I would push back on your thought. Her election was pretty much like the 2009 election. I mean, it's an election in black and white. And as much as Mary Norwood, you know, knew the Southwest side, and there was a lot of uh, black residents that liked her, ultimately, People voted for people that they looked like. You look at uh, the precincts in Buckhead, we're going 80, 90% for Mary Norwood. Conversely, on the Southwest side, they were going the same way, the opposite way, you know, and then the ones in the middle that were breaking even. So that is still a big part of it. Identity Um, politics. Identity politics. And she definitely had a different style. She was more hands-off than Kasim. Kasim basically micromanaging, too. And uh, she was more of a kind of a person who had some people in places and let them do their jobs. She was just a totally different personality. Kasim Reed was somebody who had wanted to be mayor famously since he was like 12 years old. It was something that he had worked for his entire life. But with Keisha Lance Bottoms, you never really got the impression that being mayor of the city of Atlanta was sort of a a consuming dream or passion for her. Did you get that same impression? Oh, yeah. Kasim had said that several times. You know, he wanted to be mayor. I think he told Andy Young he wanted to be mayor when he was a high school senior or maybe a college freshman. It's been that long. But when Keisha Lance Bottoms announced that she was running for mayor, you know, I, I kind of shrugged. I just thought, okay, that's one more person who wants to be, you know, mayor. But it did, she didn't seem to have that burning desire that it just didn't seem that way. To what degree did that ambivalence, or at least that perceived ambivalence about the role, play into the decision that we heard last week about not seeking a second term? 
If the race for mayor were held today, I would win this race without a runoff. That's not me making it up. I've seen the poll numbers. And even with all of those things that I, I know to be true and I know what I could do just because you can do it doesn't always necessarily mean that you should do it. I can be mayor again, but there is a reason that there are elections every four years and in the same way the people have the opportunity to make a decision every four years, candidates also have the opportunity uh, to make a decision. And the decision that I have made after thoughtful prayer and consideration is not to seek another term as mayor of this city. There have been you know, criticisms that, that she has just not been present. Uh, she has pushed back saying, hey, I've, I've, you know, I've worked hard. And you know, she has claimed that she has uh, been there all along. There's just been a thought. I kept hearing that from, from City Hall people and from uh, other elected officials that there's just not been a presence there. And maybe that's a, a comparison to the, the former guy who, you, you know, I mean, he was just everywhere, all the place, blue lights flashing. One of the criticisms about her that was levied by her opponents was that she was going to be this puppet of Kasim, that she was it was just going to be an extension of the Reed years. And so that was kind of a shadow that she had to struggle to step out of. And then she had to deal with this federal corruption investigation that started in the Reed administration. Good afternoon. I'm Karen Greer. We're going to begin with that breaking news. Federal investigators demanding records on former Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed. It's the latest bombshell in development in the corruption scandal at Atlanta City Hall. Still, today, as we speak, there's no sign that it's wrapping up. So to what degree, I mean, is that shadow of Kasim Reed cast over her entire four years in office? Actually, in her first maybe six months, there was just all sorts of different things that were popping up. You know, we had uh, a, a couple, three reporters that were digging through uh, a lot of the uh, city records and the pull string after some subpoenas would come out. The feds want it all, all eight years of records, meaning they're looking at potential misspending and other wrongdoing dating back to day one of the Reed administration. Eight years of daily calendar information for Kasim Reed and all his employees, eight years of city credit credit card purchasing data. Finally, the mayor's office wants folks to know all the people involved in this new subpoena are no longer in the administration. Karen, back to you. Keisha Lance Bottoms was trying to govern while all this stuff was still coming out. She gave the police a pretty good raise and, and they were happy. And you know, that was obviously a contrast to the former administration. Uh, she also at the city jail stopped uh, housing prisoners for ICE which was a bone of contention with a lot of people, uh, you know, in the city of Atlanta. You know, the city uh, was renting out a space to ICE to hold immigrants for deportation. So these are all things she was doing. And, and she it also is, ended, ended cash bond. Right, right. So the cash bond also uh, is a thing that, you know, why hold people who for $200 for a couple of weeks, for a $200 bond for a minor infraction, 
if they don't have it. It punishes poor people. And the other thing that she talked about early on in her administration, and this is something we heard about in the waiting days of Mayor Reed's administration, was the vast income inequality in Atlanta, this affordable housing crisis that was becoming more and more of an issue. And she set about wanting to raise something like a billion dollars for affordable housing in Atlanta. But initiatives like this, to what degree were were they hobbled uh, by that long shadow cast by the Reed administration? The incoming equality and or the affordable housing, that is something that is just kind of, you have to play the long game. Those are, are just two huge issues that are just hard to do. And then there's other things like that she was pushing, like the jail, uh, closing the jail and building, you know, a, an equity center. That's one of the, you know, quote, accomplishments that, that they've been pushing. I think that was all symbolic. I think she was trying to do that so it would just sound good. You know, it was kind of like a symbolic thing of turning the uh, swords into plowshares sort yeah. of a thing. So anyway, so she's rolling along, you know, doing this, doing that, and, you know, being fairly successful. And then the kitchen sink hit her. In America, the virus is spreading faster than ever, including right here in Georgia. Next, why what happens in Atlanta matters so much to the rest of Georgia. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on a fork in the road. I'm David Zelski, and on the Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. This is Georgia Today. I'm Steve Fennessy. I'm joined by Bill Torpy, a columnist at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Every mayor of a big city is going to face a crisis at some point, but the last four years have been exceptional in terms of of the challenges that Keisha Lance Bottoms has faced. What are some of the highlights there? You know, the investigation was in the background, the cyber attack that shut everything down in the first quarter of her term. The pandemic, of course, started, everything got closed down. And then, you know, right in, in uh, May, there was the George Floyd killing, and then there's protests here, and, and you know, police cars were burning. And she gave a pretty impassioned, uh, uh, well-thought-out speech about, you know, this is not Atlanta, please go home, people. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. We are better than this. We're better than this as a city. We are better than this as a country. Go home. Go home. She was seen widely as as 
caring, strong mayor stepping in. And then there was the, the killing of Richard Brooks. Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed in the parking lot of that Wendy's in June. The two Atlanta officers involved in his death are facing charges. One of them has already been fired from the department. The night after the shooting, someone set the Wendy's on fire during the protests. It quickly became the place of sit-in protests, with some community members worried about armed demonstrators blocking the road. And, you know, the, the mayor and some of the, the people in the police department, I guess, figured that a hands-off thought would kind of cool the tensions down. That was the thought. It was the calculation. I went down there and uh, was held at gunpoint, walked around the, the building, looking at it with the two 18-year-olds with guns, you know, kind of at my back. It may have been one of the weirder things. It just showed of a breakdown of, of law and order. The young girl, Sequoia, was killed there. And then a few days later, eight-year-old Sequoia Turner shot and killed Saturday evening while sitting in a car across the street from the infamous Wendy's. You can't blame this on a police officer. You can't say that we this is about criminal justice reform. This is about some people carrying some weapons who shot up a car with an eight-year-old baby in the car. Right now, police are searching for the shooters who are accused of blocking the road before firing into the car where Sequoia was sitting with her mother and family friend. Her mother today inconsolable as she talked about how her baby girl died in her arms. City leaders say this has to stop. And then crime took off. It really mirrors when the protests and when the Richard Brooks thing happened. And murders are up again this year over last year. It's not even summer yet. Where is this headed? Whoever the next mayor is has huge challenges. But this isn't just an Atlanta problem. This violence is something that's, you know, virtually every major city is seeing. How important is it to sort of to, to deal with this issue in the city of Atlanta, not just for people who live here, but every Georgian? It's the issue of the election, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what candidates will bring to the table as far as solutions. When we talk about homicides in the city, the number we're at now is still quite a bit short of where we peaked in the 80s and 90s. Isn't that right? Right, right. They're up into, you know, pushing 300. And I've talked to some of the cops that were around in the 80s and in the 90s. I mean, the, that was during the crack epidemic. 200 plus murders a year were common. Part of that is you remember that the, there was the, the housing projects that were places where just crime was endemic. The housing projects have all been torn down. People have obviously been displaced and moved, and it's a different city in many ways. Bill, what are the chances that Kasim Reed is going to uh, step into the race? Because he's allowed now to run again because the city charter says you can run for two consecutive terms, and then you have to step away for at least four years. I keep hearing of him talking to people that, you know, he would like to run. With Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms officially announcing she will not seek re-election, the field of candidates could grow quickly. Rumors swirl about the possibility of former Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed jumping into the race. He did not return calls or texts on Friday, but did send this tweet about Mayor Bottoms. Quote, we are thankful for Mayor Bottoms' service to the city of Atlanta. I know that she will continue to make a positive difference. But then at the same time, it doesn't want the embarrassment of running and losing. So I think he is now just trying to figure out, you know, what his path to running would be. I would 
kind of bet against it, uh, I think. But as someone who, who likes political theater, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. So whoever comes in to be our next mayor in the city of Atlanta, you know, has to deal not just with the the issues that crop up in the city, but the issues that crop up in the Gold Dome. And I'm thinking specifically of efforts in recent years by by the Republicans in the state to take over the airport. You know, David Ralston is talking about putting state troopers on the, on the city streets of Atlanta. There's a lot of meddling that goes on when it comes to how the city sort of runs itself. Those fall along political lines. They often fall along racial lines. What kind of specific challenges do you think is the next mayor going to face in that regard? No Georgia politician has gone bad by not beating up on Atlanta. It plays good across the state. There's a lot of political posturing, but ultimately, you know, they have to work with each other. As Atlanta goes, uh, Georgia goes. Atlanta is the economic engine of Georgia. It makes Georgia not Alabama. And I think the powers that be, uh, even the ones that beat up on it, you know, at the state house, know that. And I think that, uh, you know, you need good government here. You need to have cooperation. And that is just something that will make for a better Georgia. What was your interaction with Keisha Lance Bottoms? How did you get on with her? I really probably haven't talked to her, you know, maybe every few months, maybe texts back and forth a bit. I think she is a, uh, you know, a good person. She uh, reached out to me after my son passed away, and I, I thought that was a very a kind thing, you know, for her to do. After Keisha Lance Bottoms was elected, you know, her national profile elevated tremendously. She was courted by a number of Democratic presidential candidates. And and part of it was, you know, she represented, you know, sort of this vanguard of, of a new kind of political power. It represented women of color primarily. To what degree, I mean, is her decision to not run again going to maybe impede that, that movement? I, I don't know that it will. There was a couple things going on last year that kind of put her in that place. And one was that she was for Biden early, and she was one of the few black politicians in the South that was on the Biden campaign pushing for him early, and she stayed with him. So I think that was important to Biden. And I think she got a lot also of of publicity and national renown by standing up to the uh, governor, as far as the masks and the, the way that they dealt with the pandemic. Those two things just gave her some national renown. I think that it was a tough place to be. Just the amount of stuff that happened to her in the last year just made the job something that I don't think she signed up for. My thanks to Bill Torpy from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Well, the dust continues to settle after Keisha Lance Bottoms' announcement she would not seek a second term. A few days before that, Bottoms convened a new working group asking them for recommendations within 45 days on combating violent crime in Atlanta. City Council President Felicia Moore, also a candidate to succeed Bottoms as mayor, criticized the move, saying in a statement, quote, We need Atlantans to know how the Atlanta Police Department plans to keep them safe today. For more Georgia Today, go to gpb.org. I'm Steve Fennessy. Georgia Today is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. 
You can subscribe to our show anywhere you get podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple. Jess Mador and Jahi Whitehead are Georgia Today's producers. Our engineer is Jesse Nyswanger. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.